We have to go back! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are taking a look back at a little movie known simply by Big. Big. About a kid that becomes a man that has responsibilities like Shazam. Except his responsibilities are to like fight crime, not pay rent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what bigger crime is there? Oh, then the housing market? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, Yeah. no, housing market. Mm -hmm. That's the Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, looking at the synopsis for Shazam, it says, We all have a superhero inside us. It takes a bit of magic to bring it out. I was like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly big. Yeah. Uh, It was originally called The Big, but then they decided, "Ah, Cut it off. It's cleaner. (laughs) Uh, So the movie Big follows the story of. A young boy by the name of Josh, because it's cleaner. Uh, After wishing to be made big, a teenage boy wakes the next morning to find himself mysteriously in the body of an adult. Uh, And not any adult, Tom Hanks. So Tom Hanks plays a 13-year-old boy. And he basically just lives out this life. Think 13 going on 30, except Mm -hmm. zero difference. Yeah, well, even more so, there was a movie that came out the same year called 14 Going on 30. Came out in 1988, same year as Big. I got these two movies so mixed up when I was rewatching Big. I was like, oh, I know how this ends. Oh, wait, that's the other movie. Uh, yeah, similar Great. premise, very different execution. Grayson, would you believe me if I told you that Big was the fifth age-changing comedy to come out within one year? People are going to look back on our last 10 years and being like, would you believe me if I told you that was the 50th superhero movie to come out in that year? Yeah, just back then it was age change. Yeah. Uh, So in 1987, uh, there was Like Father, Like Son, a movie that swapped Dudley Moore and Kirk Cameron's personalities. (laughs) Classic. Um, In Italy... Uh, there was a movie called The Grand, um, where a nine-year-old boy having wished to become an adult overnight came true, um, mm. so he could romance his teacher, as you do in Italy. Um, oh, no. <laughs> and uh, then there was Judge Reinhold and Fred Savage's movie, Vice Versa. Uh, and then three weeks after that movie was released, there was uh, 81-year-old George Burns, uh, age inversed and 18 again. And then there was Big. And 14 going on 30. Mm-hmm. Yes, and 14 going on 30. Sorry. Your movie did not make this oh, list that I was so looking sad. at. So sorry. Yeah, um, except in that movie, they use technology to like make tomatoes grow faster. Oh. And then a guy, a kid steps in there and he becomes an adult. And it's, yeah. Bunch of craziness. See, I thought that was Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Mm, Common misconception. I get those two mixed up. Common misconception. But I feel like I'm okay to spoil the end of 14 going on 30. What? At at the end of that movie, the love interest, who I think is his teacher, I don't know, it's been a while, she like follows him and sees that he's age-reversed back to be a kid again, and she becomes a kid. Like she she follows him, oh. so that's I thought that's what happened to Elizabeth Perkins' character in this. That she's like, 
I'm going to make a wish too. And we're going to be kids. So when she was like, no, I've done that before. I was like, hmm, this might be a different movie. I think something's different. Uh, so the movie Big was written by Anne Spielberg, Steven Spielberg's sister. Uh, and she wrote that with Gary Ross. And they originally had... Harrison Ford as the star with Steven Spielberg to direct. But Steven Spielberg had a kid at the time and he's like, oh, priorities. So they got producer James L. Brooks, who then presented the script to Penny Marshall, who made history at the time for being the first female director to uh, direct a movie that made over a hundred million dollars in 1988. Wow. So so the budget of Big was $18 million, and it made over $151 million in the box office. That is a lot of bubblicious bubblegum. Um, and it basically like solidified Tom Hanks' career as a dramatic actor, because he, he had done some comedy before, um, but with him playing this role of you know not only just being a kid, but also playing the dramatic and sadder moments of this character uh people started seeing him more and someone was like man if i could just get that guy on an island and no one else <laughs> this would be like i just think he'd be great at it yeah because he hadn't even done the burbs or turner and hooch or joe versus the volcano yet like the, that was all the year after um i guess he had done money pit two years before this but yeah this was huge for him it is kind of crazy, though, that Splash, I just mentioned it because we've talked about Splash before, that was four years before this movie. Wow. Yeah. Man, well, he must have made quite the splash, nay, a big splash oh, to get cast in this movie. Now, this movie has more people than just Tom Hanks in it. Elizabeth Perkins, whose face I could not quite place until I was like, man, Elizabeth Perkins, Susan, that name doesn't ring a bell. You know what does? Wilma! She oh. played Wilma in the live-action Flintstones movie. See, I know her more recently from Sharp Objects with Amy Adams. Oh. Uh, yeah, she plays a recurring role on that. Uh, but she's great. I I'd love to see more Elizabeth Perkins. And Yeah. She really brought, like, a maturity to this role but was still able to transition to have fun and uh yeah yeah she also looks like judy garland reincarnate like at the time judy garland was still alive but oh. like a really young like judy garland yeah we, we call that reing reincarland mm, yes mm, mm. <laughs> that only barely doesn't work um <laughs> And you have John Hurd. Yeah, the dad yeah. from Home Alone, who is how I remember him. And Home Alone later. Yeah. <laughs> Whichever right. one it was. He I think came it's back four. When he came back. Yeah. Uh, uh, but to me, the, the most fun cameo in this is Jared Rushton, who we have seen before on the show. Yes. Uh, honey, he plays Billy in this. But yeah, he's the neighbor. Honey, I shrunk the kid. Yeah. It's which... plural. All of them. They're shrunk. Oh. Man, and I'm saving a, a drop of that for my head cannon. Um, <laughs> and what's John Lovitz doing? <laughs> just hanging out. I like to think, and this isn't head cannon. This is just you know life theory. Mm. Um, I think John Lovitz just wanders on set, and, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, John! What are you doing? Get in here!" And he just he saves for one scene, and then he's off. Yeah, onto yeah, yeah. another studio lot. <laughs> 
but maybe one of the most iconic and uh, heartfelt touching scenes really in in this whole movie is the the walking piano scene with uh, Robert Loggia and uh, we've seen him before in Independence Day he's uh, General William Gray you're right so I mean I wasn't on that episode of the podcast but I've seen the movie and he was in it wow you're right Mm -hmm. man Mm mm-hmm Man, what a great list of people. And like David Moscow, um, he plays young Josh and he doesn't get a ton of credit um, except for IMDb, where that's exclusively his job is to get all the credits that he has. Um, But I thought it was really interesting that he was also in Honey, uh, that movie with Jessica Alba. Oh, Um, so it's kind of like Jared Rushton, but without the I blank the kids uh-huh exactly like that wait why'd i take out shrunk <laughs> i ah. didn't even understand the premise of my own joke it would just be i shrunk the kids yep so it's kind of yep. like jared rushton except it's just hold for applause and then i shrunk the kid yes plural <laughs> uh, and, and i was very surprised to see um that when he grew up uh, he actually didn't look like Tom Hanks, um, but he actually ended up looking a lot more like John Hurd as an adult than oh. Tom Hanks. Like, just just do, do the IMDb searching. David yeah. Moscow, look at one of his pictures, and then go back to John Hurd and be like, oh, well, that's just perfect. I had to check to make sure he wasn't Guy Patterson from That Thing You Do. <laughs> Because they look very similar to me. I was like, oh, is that how Tom Hanks met him? I could see that. put him in. Yeah. I could see that. But you're right. He doesn't get a ton of credit. David Moscow doesn't get a ton of credit for being young Josh just because he kind of bookends this story. But his work was instrumental in building Tom Hanks's character of adult Josh because to, to get the mannerisms the same, Penny Marshall had David Moscow act every adult scene and they would oh, tape nice. it. And then Tom Hanks would imitate the mannerisms of David Moscow. Man. So he's think of it as like it's like a really lo-fi version of motion capture. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got you got the performance, uh, but then you're you're masking it with another performance. Andy Serkis is just in the other. There's got to be a better way. We have to. What if we? I don't know. Tennis ball. I don't know. Yeah, this is primitive mocap. Yeah. <laughs> That's but great. even like the way they sit in the chair where they, they sit with their legs tucked under them. We see that whenever young Josh is playing the video game. And then we see it whenever Tom Hanks starts his his job at McMillan. And like, oh, see those details, they make them feel like the same person. Whereas oh. like in Looper, they feel like the same person because Joseph Gordon-Levitt was wearing Bruce Willis's face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah there, there are different methods to getting the desired effect yeah, that you're it's inside for. out to outside in i mean it's all I... so this was like my i thought this was my first time i was actually convinced that we had reviewed this movie before but that was it, splash yeah that was splash i was like wait a second when does he turn into a mermaid no that has to be oh. okay uh but th- this was actually i think my second time watching the movie i think the first time i watched it may have been like two or three years ago just unrelated to the podcast yeah um and i remember the first time i watched it i was like oh 
I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm surprised that I've never seen this before. In fact, I'm pretty sure someone in my past uh, was like, hey, you've never seen Big? I was like, no. I was like, I thought you based your whole life off of this movie. <laughs> I was like, no. why?" It's high praise. <laughs> At first, like, not seeing the movie, I, like, I knew the premise. I'm like, I don't know why you would think. And then I watched the movie, and I'm like, I see it. It's all making sense to me. Uh, uh, because it's just so perfect that you it would take a 13-year-old kid to understand the toy market. Like, I, I love that whole... The whole scene where he's like, I don't get it. It was fun with playing with the building. I'm like, yeah, that that's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, and just all these, there are just a lot of things I could appreciate this time around. Because the first time I watched it, I was just seeing um, how much of my life has already been written um, on film. And um, my biopic um, has already been made. It's, it's, it's big. That's, oh, wow. That's it. Except he never, I, I never went back. My mom is just sad and confused about where her son went, which was such a great. I love Penny Marshall movies because the drama and the tension in her movies aren't necessarily like anyone like villain. There's like no bad guy. There's no like someone who's like, like the thing at stake isn't whether or not like the person's gonna get their dream job. It's just like okay, like. Mm-hmm. What's the life lesson that's going to be learned here? Yeah, the life lesson I learned is that um, whenever you go to the carnival, your Mm -hmm. entire life falls apart afterwards. (laughs) And that's not just from Big. That's also from seeing Jordan Peele's Us. That It really just kind of hammers that home. Carnivals are evil. Carnivals are evil. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that also holds true for um, Zombieland. Yeah, something wicked this way comes. Yeah, uh, yeah. It. If you like reading books, yeah, I, maybe. Yeah, that is really funny that someone said this was your biopic. Uh, I yeah. never would have thought of that, but it's you know it's accurate. Yeah, it's, very it's, accurate, uh, too accurate. accurate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I love like especially like when everything's going well for him. Like even as a as a viewer, you're like, oh, well, I guess he just has a really good job and a really sweet apartment. Yeah. I'm kind of root. I he kind of failed upwards in this business and I'm kind of rooting for him. He really did. Yeah, if we could all just remember what it was like to be a kid, it would be a lot easier to be an adult. Oh, that's the lesson. There, uh, oh. But I do think it makes sense at the timing. Yes, Shazam is a good connection point to it, but I think ultimately our programming was on point because it makes sense that we did a movie about how scary it is to be an adult right before taxes are due. Uh <laughs> I want to see how he deals with that. Uh, I want to see how I deal with that. I have not done my taxes yet. Oh, you know what? We can do this podcast from jail. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now we are going to premiere to you for the first time ever a brand new toy that we have been developing uh, in the back houses and the big meeting rooms of Flashback Mm -hmm. Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Hear me out. It's a headcanon. I don't get it. (laughs) Well, it's very simple. Headcanon is, uh, it's a toy um, that is part of a show. Uh, It'll be a whole animated TV series uh, where Mm. we share unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. I get it. Is it a head? Is it a canon? You decide. Exactly. (laughs) 
so my biggest piece of headcanon uh, has to do with trying to fit this movie uh, into just the magic exist universe. Mm. Um, I I like the idea that this somehow fits into Hogwarts, um, oh. or at the very least, the world of Harry Potter, uh, just where different like enchanted machines can just make different things work um like i think that the fact that it was the zoltar machine i want to say that it's that zoltar machine Uh. that just allows different like random happenstances to happen just like okay yeah it grants actual wishes to people because that's like what it was designed for maybe as like a old wizard carnival game just like all right step right up step right up Talk to Zoltar and uh, get your wishes. He's like, okay. And it's like a test of like, you know, how the whole be careful what you wish for. You had to like wish for something that didn't backfire. Yeah. That's my biggest piece of headcanon. Yeah. I feel like his could have easily backfired if he just became like this massive giant. Yes. Like in the documentary, Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Yeah. A kid, singular. Oh, yes. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I I said plural because sequels. (laughs) Sure. Like aliens is. <laughs> I think it's alien eye. <laughs> um, but my other piece of headcanon has to do um, with the actor who played uh, the boss, uh, John Hurd. Um, I want to say that John Hurd uh, has a brother who lived a different life than his. A uh, brother by the name of Peter uh, who has a very big extended family and um and that he is the family that his other brother's family is visiting in london oh i i hope i didn't use too many pronouns to make that confusing so john heard from big ended up moving to london you know after maybe a a, a toy related transfer and his brother Peter takes the Home Alone family to visit him and his family that they have out there. Home I believe canon. It. So my head canon, uh, I, I have two parts. The first one is that uh, the wish is not just making him bigger. It is actually swapping him uh, with his body from the future. Oh. So that from now on, since he has been switched, that happens in his timeline. So he is basically going to Benjamin Button back till the time he's 30. And when he's a 30-year-old, he's going to look like a 13-year-old. Wow. I think they actually just got, like, swapped in time. Yeah. It's it's tough because he gets switched back at the end. Or maybe he's going to grow up. That's it. He's going to grow up, be 30, but then one night on the anniversary of the wish, he's gonna wake up and be a thirteen-year-old in an adult world. Yeah. So he's gonna little himself. He's gonna little himself. Yeah. Nice. Uh, my other piece of headcanon is uh, much sadder, um, and it's um, it's about the the deeply hidden sea story in all of this, which is the mom's turmoil back home. Um, this, if you're just following her story, this is a drama. This is, this is taken as a road trip movie, basically. It's, um, yeah, it's very sad for her. Like her child's missing 
And I think the reason she reacts the way she does, not just because she's a, a caring mom, but because they have lost another child before. And the reason I say that is because why in the world does Josh have bunk beds? His, his kid sister is in a crib. He's got like a full sheet set for both beds. His friend, we never see him stay over. Also, he like lives next door. So why do you need the bunk beds for? Maybe that's what it's for. But I'm, I like the idea that, uh, well, I don't like it. But I have the idea that he had maybe a twin or he had another sibling who was taken or went missing or whatever, which is why she is so immediate to to jump to that uh, whenever it happens. But uh, yeah, real sad, real sad. And then he just walks right in. So wow. it's resolved. But if you had just stayed with the mom, this is a drama. This is a, a hardcore drama. Well, <sighs> head cannon. Head cannon. Sad, but it's good. <laughs> it's sad. Why does he have bunk beds? Like Grayson, you mean you don't have a bunk bed? Well, sure, but that's because my wife sleeps in the other one. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Think of it like Camp 50s. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Listen, headcanon toy needed some you know, attention. We need to test it in the market. But here's something your kids will really like. It's called Recast Remake. Recast. Remake. It gives your kids the power to make this movie today and decide... Who would they cast and what would the storyline be? It's like they get to write and make their own movie that they may or may never see. Mm, depending on their life choices. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, so this movie is being remade to some degree. Little is hitting theaters, I want to say, next week. Yeah, really soon. But I think if they were to remake Big, um, I would love to see a version of Big where... Uh, Maybe, oh man, yep, my perfect version of Big is where instead of Tom Hanks, it's Lamorne Morris. Mm. I would love it if uh, the kid version that they get is um, Isaac Ryan Brown. Uh, he plays Booker Baxter in Raven's Home. So he plays Raven Baxter from Batso Raven's son. Yeah. Uh, and he's a fantastic actor, hilarious. And uh, I think him, Younger, and then Lamorne Morris. Uh, I would love to see that uh, more than I'd want to see most things, just because I think Lamorne Morris is a a perfect uh, Tom Hanks type character. I think I would love it if like they have the theatrical release of Big, but then they have just a Netflix series called Big Stories. And it's just the Zoltar machine, like different people like walking up to Zoltar, making different wishes. And it's just all about the different wishes that go wrong and the lessons that are learned. Oh. Like, uh, like, oh, I wish to have a million dollars. And then he has a million dollars. And then it's like Brewster's million kind of played out. And he's like, I wish I, oh, I don't want any of this money kind of thing. Or yeah. maybe they, they just keeps the money and ends up doing good with it. Or, you know, oh, I wish this day could last forever. And then they have like a Groundhog's um, Day kind of thing. Yeah. You know? It's like, I wish the moon was made of chocolate. And then like the earth dies. <laughs> yeah. The earth dies. The ties are all thrown off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I just think that that would be, uh, or Big Wish. Maybe that would be what it's called. Big Wish. Yeah. Or Wish Big. I don't know. Whichever one tests better uh, with audiences. But I, I think that that would be a fun series to follow. Um, just to see different wishes that kids or adults would have 
and see what it really means to have everything we actually want. I think that would be fun. Yeah, it's good. I like that. Uh, for my recast, uh, for Josh instead of Tom Hanks, I had Chris Hemsworth because uh, he is—he's physically a large man, mm-hmm. and he's great with—he's really hit his comedy stride. I think yes. he could do that well. Um, it'd kind of be like his role in Ghostbusters, I guess, playing like a, like a young-ish type character. Um, and then for Billy, the friend, Jared Rushton's character, I had Jacob Houston from AP Bio. Oh, yeah. Uh, he plays Victor on AP Bio. Um, and then Elizabeth Perkins' character is Susan. I had Sarah Paulson. Nice. Uh, and then for John Lovitz, I had Zach Galifianakis. You <laughs> can get him for those two scenes. Uh, for John Hurd, uh, the Home Alone dad, I had Bradley Whitford, yes. uh, just because I want to see him work with Sarah Paulson again. And uh, then finally for Macmillan, Robert Lugia, I had Ed Asner for the same reason. I just want the Studio 60 cast to, to all get together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for the story, I thought it was such a great moment when he was uh, like teaching the, the son of the dinner party host who had problems with algebra, and he was like able to relate on their level. I want to see a movie where... He gets like transformed at school or whatever, and then gets mistaken as the new long-term substitute teacher or nice. whatever. And he is a a kid who is trying to teach his classmates, and he wins like teacher of the year and all this kind of stuff. I, I think that would be uh, just a really fun arc to see. Grayson, I think Hollywood has been trying for years to figure out how can we make a sequel to School of Rock. And I think you did it. But it is possible that that might be the story in 14 going on 30. Again, <laughs> I am consistently mixing these up. He's the new substitute teacher. Oh, yeah. very nice. All right. Okay. 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 Listen, here's my final pitch. Okay. Reasons to recommend. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It basically gives people a reason to recommend any anything that they look at because there has to be something good okay so like Mm -hmm. for example grayson why would you recommend the movie big uh i recommend big because it really does hold the mirror up to what it means to be an adult and uh, does it in a fun way when he goes to new york and he's having to try to figure out all the like what it means to have a life as an adult uh, that was very resonant, being like, yeah, sometimes you got to stay in places where you can hear people yelling through the walls. And like, that's just kind of, you know, the reality of, of growing up sometimes and what it means to have a job and what it means to, to like, pay for everything. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like I definitely got a lot more out of it rewatching it. Because uh, when I watched it as a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, wouldn't that be so crazy if... And as an adult, it's like, oh, yeah, wouldn't that be, like, so helpful to remember some of those simple life lessons and take that childlike spirit with you? But, yeah, I, I'd recommend it for that reason. It's it's a great snapshot and almost a cautionary tale of losing that kind of, like, inner child. Um, very similar to the movie uh, The Kid with Bruce Willis and Spencer Breslin. Um, so I, I'd recommend it for those reasons. For me, I would rec- I've only ever seen Big as an adult, uh, so it really speaks to me in a different way. Just like with the whole message of like, yeah, sometimes it just takes being a little kid uh, to be a grown up. 
uh, and I, I just thought that it was really cool. Like the this whole scene where his best friend walked stormed in. He's like, "Hey, I'm working on some stuff. I'm really busy." She's like, "I'm your best friend." more important than that i'm just like oh man like i forgot about those childhood stakes where like that was it yeah like friendship was literally it nothing else mattered more than that and i thought that that was a really cool piece that i think a lot of people can forget like his friend never stopped looking for a solution for his best friend and i'm Mm -hmm. like oh man like i just thought that was very sweet um Overall, I recommend Big because it has so much heart, um, and it it's one of those movies that just makes you feel good, <laughs> um, and I think it is worth watching on like how simple it was to be a kid in 1988. Uh, smoking laws were different, um, not for kids. That was still the same, um, but for adults, like I was like, wait, what? 88? There was still smoking indoors. That's yeah. wild uh but yeah i recommend it for that and um and that concludes my sales pitch what do you think oh nice the only issue i had with everything was i just found out that in 14 going on 30 he gets mistaken as the high school principal <laughs> so dang dang it and that is our review of the 1988 movie Big. Let us know what you remember about Big on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all places. We are at Flashback Flicks. Remember back when it was like to be a kid watching Big and or being an adult and watching Big, however old you are. <laughs> and it would mean a lot to us if you could give us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice. It lets everyone know that this podcast is worthy of listening to from from kids ages 13 to 30 plus and be sure to tune in next time right here on the flashback flicks retro movie podcast until then remember to be kind and rewind Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Now, I know this week we were thinking a little big, but don't worry. Next week we're going to think a little, little. Stuart Little. Oh, Stuart Little. Yeah, that's oh. right. A Shyamalanathon sneaking into April. Oh, like a sneaky little mouse. <laughs> <laughs>